0: You're listening to the Ghost Goal Podcast. Gerard with space, out towards Barosh. He's beat Ted through it. The goalkeeper made contact. Luis
1: Garcia was in the line. Gas hooked it away. Goal!
0: The first goal of the semi final is a Liverpool goal. And it's come down to Drogbert, who this time is.
1: The fifth penalty taken for Chelsea in the final shootout. He's
0: dead! Much has changed since last time we recorded as Chelsea opened the door to Champions League qualification ever so slightly with a ghost goal bowl win over Liverpool before having the doors slammed shut in their faces by Huddersfield, who officially secured their Premier League safety at the bridge on Wednesday. Southampton's huge away win on the South Wales coast sealed Swansea's fate as the Swans and West Brom will join Stoke City in the championship next season. I'm Alex, back here with Javier. We uh, thought we were going to have a very eventful weekend of the uh, final weekend of Premier League action to look forward to this weekend. But uh, after this week's midweek games, everything looks pretty much uh, done and dusted.
1: Yeah, I mean.
0: So plenty of results to talk about. It's,
1: it's one of the. Almost every time at the last last game of the season, there's something to play for. I think Chelsea still have an outside th- chance. There
0: is an outside chance. There but still uh, is unless, something, right? unless you fancy Liverpool to lose to Brighton th- this coming weekend right. at home. On a week's rest, uh, then I, I, I'm gonna have to say like you don't. There's not much to look forward to this weekend. But you know, it's it's the last weekend that and many of these teams will see their the bottom three are
1: mathematically
0: relegated, right? Yes, as I just there's mentioned. Nothing, nothing uh, that can happen. Stoke, West Brom, uh, Swansea—they're all down. It wow. was it was looking like going into the last weekend that was going to be an outright. Uh, Swansea had their their fate in their own hands. We're going to get to that, um, but, they, they but, but first, up. first let's go talk about. Brighton, who, what seems like an eternity ago, but it was last Friday. Last Friday night, they beat Manchester United 1-0 at home from a 57th-minute goal by Pascal Gross that was given by goal-line technology. Yeah. But it, it popped up again to say hello. It had, uh, no one... No one dislikes goal line technology, right. but there's it felt like wrong with a while. It's just a, but it it's, felt it's an like, instantaneous little watch, right? The play was continuing. The Brighton players were uh, looking for the goal, and then I can't remember who the referee was. He just said, "Yeah," just point, pointed to the midfield line. And it was a goal, and there was just no that you can't really argue with it. It's it's great. It's very unlike VAR, um, but something about it uh, that I don't know if people know. There is actually
1: sensors in the ball. There's actually like a little, the ball, the ball, like if you actually like cut the ball
0: in half. 24 cameras or something from different positions, like, or sensors. No, no, it's not,
1: it's, yeah, it's, there's, it's not cameras. That's, that's something that people don't, because it actually could, te- there's angles where a camera couldn't actually see it. It's actually a sensor in the ball that, it, you know, it, it it's, it's, if you cut the ball in half, you'll just see like almost this like sensor hanging on a string almost that they have connected. It's actually really cool. You can look it up online. Um, and the 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 technology at first was controversial because they wanted to use cameras, but they needed to find a, cameras were like you know ninety nine point five percent accurate while they needed to find something that was a hundred percent accurate. So they actually had to change the composition of the balls. But yeah, good thing for it because if not, Brighton might have been robbed.
0: Brighton sealed their uh, their safety with that win, and people Huge were looking. Win, yeah. People were looking at their last three games. I think it's something like obviously that Man United game. Uh, then they went to Man City and lost 3-1 today, and then they go to Liverpool this weekend. So they were looking at and no one was really pinning them for like going down. I think people were more looking at Huddersfield and West Ham going into this weekend as sort of teams that could drop off a little bit and maybe get pulled down into that relegation fight going into last day. But Brighton just didn't leave any of that uh, up to question. They went out, they performed very well against Man United. United obviously are missing Romelu Lukaku from... A, uh, ankle injury I believe And they're trying To rest him Before the FA Cup Final yeah, did, In two uh, weeks time
1: I think Rashford And uh... We've
0: we got to talk About Jose Mourinho Yeah the, We were, talk- we were talking About this last <laughs> night Yeah I- Absolutely Just thought- You can't even say Like underhanded Like he just Savaged Marcus Rashford And Anthony Martial By saying Like something Along the lines of People ask me Why do I always Play Lukaku Why do I always Play Lukaku Why am I playing Lukaku in this game Why am I playing Lukaku in that game And then he just paused and said, "How you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> because there were multiple chances, uh, most notably Rashford's chance where he won the ball very high up the field just inside Brighton's 18-yard box and had a very easy square ball to play to Martial if he just played it early enough. And he, sh- he And he shank- passed it up. It. Right. Which... You know, it's it's it it's not forgivable because you need your forward players to make the right decision on the ball in those right. situations. I thought he was going to square it. It was a guaranteed goal. It's a classic move that a striker would go for goal there when he hasn't played that much. Yeah, he and he hasn't desperate. been getting opportunities. He, he get just a wants goal, a chance right. to go for goal and instead he overthought it and made the wrong decision. But Mourinho hates that stuff too. Yeah, it also it was it wasn't it wasn't just that moment that lost the game for United. Right. They just look stale. They they're playing I mean, I thought they were going to draw this game. I, I didn't think they would go full-on
1: and lose. But uh, United, they 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 need they need to shore up their, their defense. And I think with that, they're going to be able to push forward more players. And with that and tail they're going to have more goals. I just think that it needs to start from the back. They're going to have to rebuild. Mourinho's good at that. I mean, I think he's built up the front line and, and the midfield. Enough to his liking. I mean, we'll see if it actually comes through. I think Mourinho, he's more of a long term manager. I mean, most of the time,
0: he, more of a long term manager. You say?
1: Well, I'm saying, I'm saying, like in terms of a in this three job. year, yeah, in like, this job, in this job, right? There was so much that he needed to correct, and he he's an axe man. He's the the best axe man I think there is, and I I, I trust him ne- this summer, and, and that they'll get the job done. So I wouldn't worry too much, United fans.
0: United are yet to completely seal second place. Right, though they'll, they'll play West Ham tomorrow. Probably by the time you guys listen to this podcast, and uh, finish at home against Watford on Sunday.
1: I think they got it. They need one point. Yeah,
0: they no. They need they need four technically. Uh, no one. Just the one. Yeah, they just need. Right, one Spurs point. have only one game left to play. There. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they should wrap up second uh, definitely. Moving on down to the bottom of the table. Poor Stoke. They had a very winnable game at home against Crystal Palace. They they, they looked like going into it. was the early I put game put my faith in them. Yeah, it looked like going into that game, like they had to throw everything, including the kitchen sink at that game. They, they took the lead through a Jordan Shakiri goal he, in the 43rd minute. He showed up. Minute. He did what he could. Poor scored, guy. Scored once. Good for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, he has 11 goals and 9 assists this season from from the bottom team. Not bad. Not bad. Somebody else is going to pick him up. Not great either.
0: I mean, someone's going to pick him up go uh, oh, yeah, that, that I don't doubt at all. Um, yeah, they took the lead through Jordan Shakiri, a beautiful free, free kick in the 43rd minute before uh, James MacArthur and Patrick Van Arnholt uh, sealed the victory for Crystal Palace, who uh, we can talk about Stoke. that's fine, about how disappointed they've been, how terrible they've been defensively. But I just want to take another moment to say Crystal Palace. Obviously, we've talked about Roy Hawks in the past and how like how well he's done to get this this team back on track. But I want to talk about, with a full season, let's assume that players like Zaha or someone don't leave, which is not something that I think will happen, but it's fun to theorize. What do you think the ceiling for in the table could be for a team like Crystal Palace, with Roy Hogson, a full 38 games, uh, not having the injuries that they had midway through the season? Because people forget that was they had a pretty terrible injury spell to Benteke and Zaha and Loftus Cheek. But with all those players, less so Benteke, but with Zaha and Loftus Cheek back in And and buzzing and playing a little bit more uh, outgoing going forward, they look like a really they look like an upper mid table team. They look like a team that could be just like as good as like the Leicester's, the Burnley's. I think you
1: can compare it to Hodgson's Fulham. Uh, That year they were in Europa League. They kind of made a run. You remember that? Yeah, they got to the final. Right, they beat Juventus. So I think I think. That's maybe the ceiling. That would be like the highest, getting like a seventh place finish. You heard in it Europa. here first,
0: people. Crystal Palace for Europa League qualification.
1: <laughs> I mean, no. you wouldn't have thought Burnley last year. Yeah, no, no, no I mean, right? Not, not at all. Burnley, sure. Burnley, uh, their away form last year was awful. I think they won. I think one game on the on the road last year. This year they have their sixth or seventh in the form table away from home. Yeah. Which is an tremendous improvement, and you know that they're. You never know. Crystal Palace could could if they sh- if they get a get maybe a, someone to challenge Benteke, get get another striker, another defender. They they could be up there. They could be challenging those Everton's, those Newcastle's, yeah. and and uh, Burnley.
0: Going to Stoke City. Uh They've been in the Premier League for something like ten years now. Oh, thank goodness they're down. A decade of rainy nights at Stoke. The Rory Delap and yeah. the, the, the oh, just the
1: shot crosses. You know, it's been a the, good the, like butcher men It's been a good the six or seven Stoke.
0: years since Rory Delap or anyone like that. Yeah, break, but
1: you know? I still I still have like every time that they you know throw the ball in, I'm you know I just I PTSD <laughs> Twitch, <right>? yeah <laughs> oh
0: god um, but I want to talk about. They they've tried switching over the last couple of years. Ever since they basically they hired Mark Hughes like four or five years ago, I want to say, they they tried switching from the rough and tumble style that you you alluded to when they first came up to the league, which which did them so well those first couple of uh, league seasons in the Premier League. They tried bringing in a few more, uh, let's just say, attacking players. You know, Shakiri, good signing. People people liked that. Right. Hesse, Joe Allen. They've made signings before this and sort of adapting to that more offensive style didn't quite work out for them. They couldn't quite keep the, get, keep the balance of defending well while trying to go forward and, and get goals. And their example worries me a little bit for uh, like the Bournemouth of the world, the Huddersfields, if they decide to try and go that route, which which is a style that they played a lot more so in the championship than now this year in the Premier League. But do you think it's impossible for teams with this uh, defensive identity to make the adjustment. Be, even as recently as Crystal Palace tried to make that adjustment with Frank DeBoer, and it obviously blew up in their face, and they had to revert back to, to, to form.
1: I mean, I think away from home you can do that in the Premier League as, as a lower table team. You can, you play can more go, attacking?
0: No, play defensively. Play defensively. And
1: again. then at home, I think you still need to be able to attack. You need to be able to open up and get goals and get wins because you know, a team like Southampton got way too many draws at home this year and that's why they were in relegation trouble. You know, they really should have the players they have, the infrastructure, they really should have never been in this position. But I'm glad that they were able to save themselves and you know, this this result for Stoke that they weren't able to save themselves? No, that they were.
0: Stoke? No. Oh Southampton, Southampton I'm sorry, right. I misheard you. <laughs>
1: and 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 you know, we we'll, we'll, we're we're getting to that here, but you know, West Brom, you know, props to them for Giving it their all, Stoke just kind of died with a whimper, right? You know, yeah. There's not much, not much to. I'm I'm happy to see them go down. You know, we we have better clubs coming up anyway. You know, Cardiff and uh, and Wolves should be, uh, should be
0: exciting additions. Speaking of West Brom. They uh they they prolonged the inevitable for one yeah. more week with a one nil a shock one nil got Darren Moore
1: a manager of the month award
0: I think it was gonna win it anyway but yes he did win manager of the month on Tuesday it was announced and it was also uh, sealed on Tuesday after Southampton beat Swansea that West right. Brom would be relegated the first time in history that a manager is won manager of the month and been relegated in the same season let alone the same day so. Uh yeah, interesting little uh tidbit there. But I tell you what, putting hindsight aside, like because we obviously know the result now, it didn't really end up mattering. Right. But on the day, as a Chelsea fan who's like was looking at Tottenham to see if they could drop points, obviously looking at the bottom of the table to see what the situation really didn't was there. Play well, here, yeah. Well, I'm talking about West Brom to score that goal in the 92nd minute. The last five to ten minutes were absolutely frantic of West Brom just throwing players forward, knowing, like, we need to win this game. Like, if they had drawn, they that wasn't going to be good enough for them. They needed a win against a Tottenham team that everyone knows obviously could just go back down and make it one or two nil on the counterattack very easily themselves. But West Brom hold on, th- l- just launch balls into the box, and Jake Livermore manages to get on the end of one In a frantic scramble to score, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not an impressive goal, but like the absolute scenes that happened when that ball went in, it was almost
1: as if they'd been saved.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it was. It would have been the greatest rescue in Premier League history if they were able to pull it off.
1: And honestly, since the last time that West Brom did that, (laughs) no, I think (laughs) this
0: one would be even more so, more impressive. Because they were they were actually dead and buried. Crystal Palace had 31 games left to play earlier this season when they started with seven straight losses and people wrote them off. West Brom had something like five games to play when Darren Moore came into the job, maybe six. Yeah. And they were nine points off the off, rally, uh, off safety. It's, they hadn't won a game since like November or something or like September, it was like the start of the season. It's
1: absolutely... Surely he has to be given the job for next year. And, uh, you know, I'm You'd you think so. You'll be keeping an eye on them in the championship, seeing how he does, hopefully, uh, if he gets that job. So, because he's a young manager, this is his first, you know, big job. So,
0: you'd think so because the players I, I seem don't, to I, like him. These results definitely help. I don't think it's just these results that he's gotten that will get him that job, I think it's his return. To the identity of the club,
1: right? And, and obviously, that the players, players will leave. are giving him credit.
0: And players will leave during the summer. The players that they can't afford to keep on a championship uh, wage budget. Not too many of those but, on the side.
1: Well,
0: you'd be surprised. You know, there are probably <laughs> some players in there like like Krokoviak will leave because his loan's over. Right. Like maybe Kieran Gibbs will leave because he probably yeah, thinks of himself like as Gibbs. a Premier League player.
1: Absolutely. You yeah. know, there's
0: there's certain players in very important, critical positions that 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 could leave. Maybe like
1: Johnny Evans right yeah
0: exactly so it, it's not gonna be an easy job but getting west brom back to being the west brom we've known and feared for the last few years is definitely going to do them well in getting a uh, automatic promotion right back up
1: yeah i mean they're masters of the championship i'm sure they'll they'll balance right back up
0: arsenal said goodbye to arson wenger with a five nil home win over burnley on uh sunday morning sunday afternoon in, in london uh I didn't get to watch much of this. I was obviously busy with another match across town uh, between Chelsea and Liverpool but uh, from what I saw afterwards of the game, it looked like were, Burnley were off at the beach. It looked like they,
1: they rolled over and died properly. Yeah. for us they, they really let us have I, it. I
0: was thinking to myself, what <laughs> they, if Burnley? what if Burnley think, oh wow we could finish above Arsenal here What if no, we they uh, make didn't a run? Care about that? They didn't at all. care once they secured Europa League qualification which they did the previous week they were done they were like okay good they but also
1: I feel like they, they understood that this was Wenger's last game and they wanted to give him like a proper send off the Burnley fans were chanting like with the Arsenal fans in the game like sending off yeah, Wenger they were
0: chanting about Wenger I was, right. I was a little weirded out by that like uh, hey good g- g- on calm the Burnley down, fans like <laughs> you
1: know he's a legend of the game you know, he's, he revolutionized the game and everything that, you know, from, from player diet to training to we, we've play style
0: it. on the field. We've been over it. But, you know, this this brings up a good point. On a scale of 1 to 10, how big of hypocrites are Arsenal fans for uh, being Venger out all, all year round for the last three to four years? And now all of a sudden... It's last game. It's kind of crept up on us. You and I were sitting here yeah. last week thinking, thinking wait, oh, is, this a couple games. Right. Is, this is this Wenger's last, last game. home game? Because, you know, obviously there were two more games left in Arsenal's schedule. They just so happened to both be away, be away games, games yeah. after this. They came out in droves for him. And, like, obviously, like, he is, he is the greatest ever manager at right. Arsenal. Right, he's still
1: our greatest ever manager. He still built the Emirates Stadium. But I
0: couldn't help think, as the Arsenal fans were singing, there's only one Arsene Wenger, and he was sitting there focusing on the game. You could see the shots of it during the uh, the yeah, game. He didn't, it just seemed a little two-faced. And I'm just kind of like, I get it. Like, clap the man when he's giving a speech and yeah, say well, goodbye and everything. But like, send
1: him, give him a good send-off. Why not? I mean, there's, you're not going to boo the guy. I didn't say to the guy. I mean, I mean, we we, we the ultimate. Actually. I've wanted the, I've wanted him out, you know, for for a few years now, and but I don't I don't want to disrespect him while he's leaving, and 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 yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm not gonna be uh, waving banners of happiness, you know, saying thank you so much for the memories, Arson, because uh, you know I th- I think that that Wenger died, you know, ten years ago. I think that the magic's been gone for a long time.
0: I I did like... uh, I don't know if any of you watched Match of the Day, but on Match of the Day over in England, they had... uh little clips of Arsenal fans holding up like scarves and signs saying thank you Arson and everything like that and it went to uh Claude from uh Arsenal fan TV. Yeah. And he was standing there just like, you know, it's a sad day for like Arsenal. We're sad to see him go. But you know, it's a happy day because it's a br- looking Absolutely. forward to the yeah. future and everything. I was like, finally a real yeah. Arsenal fan who's not just talking bullshit and saying, right. Oh, we're gonna miss you Arson. Yeah, oh, we I'm, love you, Arson. I, I actually for once
1: have hope, you know. Yeah. I, I I was talking with uh another one of our mutual French James today, and then just talking to him about what could happen in Arsenal in the future, and I don't really know, right, because the manager hasn't been, the manager has been I, I, I used to know for years, every time he had asked me, oh, this is who I think we're going to sign, you know, this is who I think Wenger's going to buy, but now I don't know. Now I'm hopeful, you know, we, we could go on and, and buy, I have no idea. If we get a German manager, an Italian, an Italian, uh, you know, a, a Spanish manager, Whoever comes in, each each manager is going to have different priorities. They're going to have different targets, and you know if we get Allegri, if we get Enrique,
0: Brendan Rodgers, yeah, Patrick Vieira, the, the, outlook, Rhee, the they, outlook for the everyone's future. Everyone's going to have different things. Depends very much not only on the manager, but on how much the club and the the board and the the upper management at the club is going to be willing to help that manager renovate that squad because that's the next point I want to get to. I think these players deserve to be booed. Put, putting aside... Actually, the 5-0 five, f- five result may be even greater reason for that, because they did not show up in the game that actually mattered most on yeah. Thursday, last they didn't week... They for them. ...when they drew... Or not drew. They lost 1-0 in Madrid against Atletico, and they're obviously going into that away tie with now, the Now, Atletico are,
1: an, are a better side than us. They're better than Arsenal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I and
0: and obviously, Atletico, it would have taken
1: a, a tremendous performance to get by them. A- over and obviously,
0: Athletico are a tougher proposition than playing a right. on the beach Almost Burnley side game, right? Right. So I look at that game, and it just it just said to me not only typical Arsenal due to Arsene Wenger, but typical typical of these players. Yeah, where so many of these players are willing to play well and make runs for one another, and and. Show show it when it doesn't really count, and show off for the fans like on a big on a so called big of. day against uh, against Burnley, but when they really needed to tighten up their bootstraps and, and put in some real work against Atletico Madrid, it just was not there. Yeah, the, and, the, I mean and the and tactics weren't there either. Where so.
1: has Ozil been? This guy's been sick sixty nine days this season.
0: He's the he's the epitome of the of this problem.
1: And and I think if a new manager comes in, they're not going to let this guy be sick all the time. This is just Wenger giving him days off. There's no way this guy's been sick, and then and then he
0: shows up for home games. Do you see Martin Keown uh, say say something? Just absolutely, just like crucify uh, Ozil for Atletico away, and then uh, say I guarantee you he doesn't play another game this season. Right. But I'm not sure has he the, played another game. No, he hasn't.
1: So? He hasn't played another game. <laughs> that would be he's hilarious. He's just been he's just been, he's just he been moping play. at home. And and this is why I don't understand why we gave Ozil a new contract. I would have wanted him to leave the club. I have I've been done with this guy for years. I I've never been the biggest Ozil fan. Well, at least at if least we in could this have way. kept Alexis or Ozil, I would have much rather keep Alexis. So well, many Arsenal fans. We know that was such gonna a happen. great vision. I know have such a you know good they they love Ozil. They think he's he's our best player, but he's not. He's he's a he's a luxury player. He's not anymore. And and no, he's definitely not anymore. We've got a couple better players than him now. But you know, I'm 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 I hope that the next manager that comes in kick kicks him in the butt. You know, but no longer makes him a teacher's pet and, and makes him live up to this money that he's you know he's he's, he's making three hundred thousand pounds a week.
0: Well, what I was going to say is, I mean, more than Eden Hazard, be, Kevin De Bruyne. It's going to be hard to get someone to buy him on those wages, obviously. Right, but. Yeah, actually, you no, know, I can't even think of a reason. Because I was going to say, at least now that you have him on a new deal, you have the leverage to sell him. Not if not if not this coming summer, then the next summer. Imagine, imagine if he has a good World Cup with Germany, that's not right. Very... He'd have to
1: have a really good World Cup and a good year with us, and then I would sell him.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, at the peak, at the peak of his powers, because it's it's not going to last that. Much that's long a bit of,
0: of a better option than selling him, than letting him walk for free this summer when his right. contract was up. So I, I can see why they might have done it for that reason, but again. I don't know which which team is going to be willing to spend spend the money on Ozil initially, and then be willing to pay him three hundred thousand. a but going week. going
1: back to your to your original point, this was definitely a bit like a bittersweet five five nothing. You know, last home game. Right. It, it it didn't feel there was something a little bit off, like you said. It didn't feel right. Right. It it was it was like a you know everyone was praising him, but you know most people are definitely still happy to see him go, and and you know I I wish him good luck in his next team. It, his, whatever whatever team he goes and manages after this, I'll be Napoli? following it. Napoli maybe. I'll, it'll probably become my second favorite team. It would be and amazing. Every interview that, but... and everything that he does, people will be watching. And I guarantee you, Wenger will be back. You know, he's not going to go take a break. This guy.
0: Yeah.
1: I know that there's 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 something ego wise. You know, he he wants to be back in there, be on everyone's mind. Every the cameras on him. He he's he'll be back soon.
0: This one's a little tough to talk about for me because I was. I was pretty happy with Chelsea's one nil win against Liverpool at home this weekend, uh, but obviously since then Chelsea drew one one at home with Huddersfield. A game that it's understandable that most Chelsea fans kind of assumed we were going to win to set up a final day that actually gave some Chelsea something to aim for. But uh, we'll we'll look just at this this uh, ghost goal bowl, since it is uh, such a monumental fixture in our podcast's uh, calendar. Uh, Chelsea, obviously, like I said, won 1-0 with a goal in the 32nd minute from Olivier Giroud. He's carrying you guys. I don't know about that. He was not great other than the goal.
1: I think he has seven or eight goals for Chelsea in all competitions.
0: It's more like five. (laughs) I don't know where you're getting seven or eight from, but he scored one in the FA Cup, which is his first which is His first goal for in a Chelsea shirt uh, back in like February, and since then, you know, he's got the goals against Southampton. Where's two first uh, Premier right. League goals for us? Liverpool, uh, Tottenham, no, not Tottenham, nope.
1: You yeah, know, he's not, he's Did not. Did he score again in the FA Cup? Did he score two? Or just he scored once? once in the FA Cup, okay. yeah. So
0: he's like, he's playing he well. Five goals? He's playing well. He's. <laughs> This isn't saying much, but he's by far our most informed striker. <laughs> so, uh, well, he's, he's your best player now. You know, he, he our he third string a, striker is your best a, player. He scored a very s- clinical goal. It, it in was a really nice, was, yeah, in the chance that was given to him. It this. was a really nice goal. And our, our our very own Andrew Pissarro said that Olivier Giroud has haunted this Liverpool defense yeah, for years now. And he always loves. scores on them. Yeah, so, okay, I'll, their, I'll take it.
1: Know, he's their Diego Costa.
0: I want to focus more so on a ma- uh, a matchup that I was just relentlessly tweeting about during that game, and it was Mohamed Salah versus Antonio Rudiger. Putting aside how terrible Liverpool were, because they really were terrible, You you called that Champions League hangover being a huge factor. The front three of, obviously, Mohamed Salah, uh, Roberto Firmino, and Sadio Mane, they all looked exhausted, and they all looked disjointed right. and not very... They weren't linking up very well, similarly to how they were playing in Rome. They had a makeshift midfield from all the injuries and and rotation they were forced into. Uh, I believe the midfield was uh, Milner, Wynaldum and Alexander Arnold, while uh, Nathaniel Klein came in at right back for yeah. them. And, you know... Kante, Bakayoko, and Fabregas just had a field day with that. Bakayoko had one of his performances of the season, but, you know, the man of the match for Chelsea was between Eden Hazard and Antonio Rudiger because Rudiger specifically matched up with his former teammate at Roma. They both left last summer for the Premier League. It was fun as shit to watch, and I don't want to say I wasn't worried whenever Mohamed Salah got on the ball and started attacking, but I knew it was going to be it was going to take something special from him to beat Antonio Rudiger man for man during those 90 minutes because Rudiger was just locked in. He was he was on it. They were they were doing everything from having really physical battles where they're jostling for position and uh, Mohamed Salah was trying to do that thing where he puts his back to the defender and tries to push him back off the ball almost like a post up in basketball and Rudiger was just equal to it, and his long ass legs could just sneak in behind Salah and nick the ball out of there. It was beautiful to watch. I, I'm not saying that Salah wouldn't do a lot better on um, with a little bit more rest and uh, without playing so many high intensity games uh, just yeah, before I mean, a game like this. But it was it was fun to watch to see sure,
1: none of them want to get Rudiger have they his best play game in, in the Chelsea sure. final. Sure, sure, and Chelsea were playing with their you know everything they had. And they got but the Liverpool,
0: result. Liverpool, at the same time, were playing very much not to lose. In, Absolutely. In they that, didn't want to lose. As they a draw. In that, well, we discussed earlier on a pass pod that going into this game, if Liverpool, obviously Liverpool lost this game, but their, their assumption was, oh, shit, if Chelsea beat Huddersfield on Wednesday, then they're equal on points with us. And then all it takes is for them to drop any kind of points against Brighton. And for Chelsea to win, for Liverpool to end up outside the top four, and that Champions League final is now all of a sudden even more important. So, you know, it was a pretty high-pressure game, and I'm, I'm sure a game that those those players weren't taking lightly. You could just see those last 20 minutes, even down 1-0 down and having most of the ball. I think they had something like 78% or, or or what's the math because we had 32% possession 68% 68 yeah they had 68% possession they weren't really able to do much with it and you know the cherry on top of it was them bringing on Dominic Solanke the former or the Chelsea Academy graduate and I just started laughing my ass off and my my dad was like oh this guy used to play for Chelsea right is he really good I was just like no he's their Danny Welbeck which I've said (laughs) many a time on this podcast like he looks Uh... good Right up until it, t- he needs to score a goal, and then he's just absolute dog shit. And he he absolutely proved my point by missing an absolute sitter, but like in extra time. And you know, I I went home a happy boy. I was, it wasn't an amazing performance by Chelsea, but it was the one we needed. And uh, one more thing, I'm going to add about Chelsea. I don't know if you have anything to say about this game, but
1: I didn't watch it. I was watching the Arsenal. Right, right,
0: so. true. Okay, that's that's, that's why. That's do not too much to say. Yeah. Um, and you know what, this this I can direct this directly at you. I think if you go back and you actually want to watch this game, this game is a perfect exhibit of the absolute world-class ability of Eden Hazard when he's not scoring goals. He controlled the possession of for Chelsea and what limited possession we did have. He was the key to every single uh prominent attack and counter-attack. There, he had a couple of runs that like you were literally just watching him just like dance through Liverpool's defense and you were wondering how does he still have the ball? How does he still have the ball? How does he still have the ball? He's he's amazing. I love him. He's staying at Chelsea. I don't care what anyone says, he's staying at Chelsea. If he leaves, you become you become worse than Everton. I mean he that's cute. He's he's one of our club legends and he will end as one of the five greatest Chelsea players of all time. He'll win a couple more league titles Hopefully, we'll make like a run or two in the Champions League going forward. He's he's an absolute stud. I love him so much, and he's a blue for life. I love him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he actually seems like he wants to stay.
0: Yes, he's, he does. He seems to
1: be a family-oriented man. Yes, he man. does. <laughs> and he seems to talk about how his life right now is in, in London and how he's happy there. So I actually don't, don't see these rumors of him going to Real Madrid. And, and he's said in interviews before, which I think is somewhat admirable. That when people are like, "You do you want to become like Lionel Messi, like Cristiano Ronaldo? Do you, you know, do you want to be the best player in the world?" If he goes, "You know, I could if, if if I if I do what they do and work as hard as they do." But he said he'd rather spend that extra time with his family and and yeah, with his just friends. He says not really, and he he doesn't really which, want to become that that which, player, that the number one player in the world. Which I'm, I'm d- like, you know what? I, I I appreciate that. You know what I mean? It's- he he.
0: he you can go two ways on it. Yeah. You can go like, what the hell? You're the one of the best players in the Premier League. You could be one of the best players in the world if you just applied yourself a little bit more. I've had that frustration with him sometimes. But it's also part of what makes him just the absolute beautiful player to watch that he is. He's so free-thinking on the ball. And you can tell it's just he he's maybe not thinking so much tactically when he's on the ball and he's making those mazy runs and, and, and trying yeah, to cross having field fun. passes. He's out there to have fun. Right. He's out there playing <laughs> the game just, he loves yeah. and So he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's so fun to watch. Um just hope Chelsea never lose him because I don't have to hope. He's he's staying. Yeah. I mean maybe when he's like old and past it, but you know, he's only right. twenty six, twenty seven now. We'll get him for the next At four or five eight. years and then he'll go back to France or go, you know, off somewhere else and spend the twilight of his career playing somewhere else. Uh let's move back down to the bottom of the table a little bit because possibly the biggest game in the relegation battle took place Tuesday night in Swansea as Swansea lost one-nil at home against Southampton. Southampton did it. Yeah, I was we, wrong about we, these. We we doubted them for a while there. Yeah. It took them what we saw the fight come come back a few weeks uh or a week or two into Mark Hughes taking over as uh as the boss uh but those those multiple three two losses against arsenal and chelsea that we we recapped on the pod but you know they they get the win against bournemouth a few weeks ago they have the heartbreaking draw over the weekend that uh we we won't really discuss here but it was pretty heartbreaking to them they had the 1-0 lead at everton through nathan redmond uh in the second half there was five minutes of extra time added on uh, at Goodison Park. There was four, and they were four, in the fifth minute. And they were in the fifth or sixth minute right. when Everton scored the equalizer. Yeah, it was yeah. the sixth
1: minute. You're right. Everton aren't,
0: was... Everton aren't playing for anything. You know That just shows the Premier League that, like like you said a few weeks ago, when well, Jurgen Klopp form. was like, why are they trying against it? Why are West Brom trying right. against Liverpool? West Brom don't really have anything to play for. It's true of these teams like Everton, too, who really don't have anything to play for. They're just out there trying to compete and trying to win games and yeah. finish as high as they can in the table, just for their own personal. Make pride.
1: their you know eighty to a hundred thousand pounds a week.
0: So it looked it added a special little mix to this uh, Southampton Swansea game. Uh, obviously, Swansea lost over the weekend too against Bournemouth, and it set up a, a game where Swansea were the team that obviously, that honestly, needed to not lose because. Going into this coming weekend, Swansea were going to face Stoke City at home, who are obviously already relegated, and Southampton were going to host Man City, who, you know, they've won the league, it's all wrapped up, but they're going for records. And Man City aren't just going to sit back and let Southampton go and win too. So if Southampton and Swansea had even drawn this game on Tuesday and had been level on points going into the final weekend, it was going to be a tough ask for Southampton to, to pull it out. But, you know, they get the win... Away from home, against Swansea, Swansea looked kind of oh, well set to to duke it out with Huddersfield this weekend. When I believe Huddersfield had to face Arsenal, uh, if Swansea had won their game at home against Stoke by two or, th- or th- by two or three goals, and Huddersfield had lost their game at home against Arsenal three or four nil, the goal difference would have ended up pretty much even, and we would have seen from there what, which team could have. Stayed up, but obviously, it didn't end up that way. Swansea are now relegated. Let's talk about them for a second. Similarly to Stoke, they've kind of made themselves to be, I don't want to say like a classic Premier League side, because they've only been in the Premier League for like few years, yeah. seven or eight years now. I think they came up in 2011. But they're one of those teams that always floated around mid-table. They won the League Cup one year, I want to say in 2013. They always played good football. Uh, under managers like Brendan rogers who first brought them up right uh, even Paul Clement got them back to that uh, style uh, a little bit more last season when he, he rescued them but it seemed like they were like the opposite of Stoke where they had this identity as a, a free-flowing attacking team that prided themselves on playing good football maybe similarly more similarly to Burnley not Burnley Bournemouth but they've got away from that, yeah, Well, they, where they, the quality has dropped off, where they haven't been able to attract good players, they haven't been able to uh, keep that identity. And these last two or three years, they've been a team that you've looked at every year and think, thought, based on talent, they're not one of the teams you'd pick to stay up. Uh, so, I mean, it's sad to see them go down, but you know, they, you can't be too surprised by it when you look at their team just man-to-man.
1: Yeah, I'm not too sad to see them go down. They were always a hard game for us, so... yeah. You know, the, these three teams that are going down, West Brom, Stoke, and Swansea, we're, we're all hard teams for Arsenal, so...
0: Andrew said the same thing to not, me when we not, were texting. Not uh,
1: sad to see them go at all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Southampton, they are a classic Premier League side, and I think a lot of people will be happy to see them stay up, because... Definitely,
1: I was happy to yeah, see them stay up.
0: I mean, in the 90s, when Matt Liverpool was Liverpool were probably
1: the most happy, they, you know. They're yeah, keep is, t- they <laughs> taking
0: their players. Yeah. Another year of development right. for Mario Lamina before he takes his place. <laughs> the Liverpool Anfield.
1: Academy stayed in the Premier League this year, <laughs> <laughs> but you know the the Gabbiadini, He got a big goal in this game, right? That was uh, he came off the bench, I think. It was a, yes. um, a Be- Bednarak, is that I think that's how you say uh, the 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 defender's name. Bednarak.
0: Bednarik. He he got Paris. hurt,
1: and it kind of forced uh, Mark Hughes to. I think he he put on four strikers. He had all of his strikers he on the Only got field. one
0: goal from it. Yeah,
1: they they I mean they, they just wanted to go in and you know, the, the they got it. They had to win this game. I think a draw would have favored Swansea, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, as I just mentioned. So, Swansea, they would have, they would have been tied on points going into the last weekend with Southampton having to play Man City at home. So they had to win this game. They did. Uh they were pretty much Mark Hughes. They, yeah. yeah. Mm. Hey. I don't wanna to I I don't want to hear anyone talking about Mark Hughes. He didn't. He did it, but he... You had no faith in him. I did have no faith in him, and I still have no faith in him as a Premier League manager. He's... Okay, didn't... didn't His job was to come in and galvanize the team.
1: Blackburn, Manchester City... He's done some alright jobs.
0: Blackburn was his first job, and yes, they were an okay team. Uh... They were like hovering in like six, seventh I mean, his, place. His job there is what got him the Man City job. Right. When Man City first were uh, first got a little bit of an investment into their side and wanted a manager who could, you know, navigate the Premier League with a team maybe 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 a slight step up. Uh, that was obviously. A failure because he didn't end up winning anything with them, yeah, even after they kept signing better players like Tevez and Robinho uh, under Jacko his watch. And, yeah. They made their next step up to Roberto Mancini. But he's been in a nosedive ever since those days. He's been on a downward spiral. He's yeah, And he's been, been at Stoke. Great. He had been at Stoke now for something like four or five years. It was a long tenure at Stoke. And they similarly, every single year, have just inched closer and closer and closer to relegation until now they've finally... Uh, hit rock bottom but he did his job in the Southampton job which was to take a a talented team a team that had finished in the top half of the table for the last three seasons I want to say get them playing more energetically actually giving a shit in terms of making uh, offensive runs forward and getting players into the opposing team's box to actually be there for any sort of balls into the box they still struggled for goals, even in that event. They they were still scoring one or two goals tops in, in games. If if you scored twice against them, you weren't going to lose the game, effectively. And I still think, I mean, if Southampton give him the job permanently, they are crazy. They are absolutely mad. They won't. He'll probably leave this summer. Some other team will be mad enough to sign him, if not over the summer, then mid-season next yeah, year he'll to do back. the exact same job, right, and he'll, he'll just become back. another part of that Alan Pardew, Sam Allardyce, Tony Pulis. Revolving door, revolving English door managers. of English managers. I mean, we, we can hope and pray that that ends sooner rather than later, but I don't think it will if uh, results like these it's are going to part of happen. the
1: English game. It's never going away. Gotta get used to it.
0: Yeah, very sadly. Alright, that's enough from this week. We'll take a little break and come back to discuss the coming weekend's Premier League action. Welcome back to the Ghost Goal Podcast. This will be our final set of previews. Full slate of Premier League games coming up this weekend. It's the last week of the Premier League season, which means every game is on at the same time to prevent chicanery and teams uh, not giving a shit if other results... Affect their position in some way. All the games will be played on Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, not quite sure which games will be on TV and which games will not. I imagine just looking at the fixtures that Liverpool, Brighton, or Chelsea, Newcastle will be shown. Just because those are the only games really that have an effect on uh, slight, slight, slight effect uh, right. on the on the top four. Uh, but It'd let's be brilliant start. If just Brighton,
1: just put up this like crazy an right? performance.
0: Just, just, just go crazy, beat Liverpool. No one has any link in that team to yeah. Chelsea whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, the the one that really would have been interesting is had uh, Chelsea still been able to catch Tottenham, which they cannot anymore. Tottenham are four points ahead oh, yeah. of them. Uh, Leicester City if they'd been able to return the favour of two years ago where Chelsea uh, right. came back from 2-0 behind to draw against Tottenham the title. and win the of the league. Yeah, that would have been a fun one. You know, Riyad Morris scoring a curler into the top corner like Hazard did and then turning to the camera and winking and pointing, they just... Would have made my day, um, but alas, that will, that will not happen. Uh, Alex's
1: alternate universe. Yeah,
0: you know, I'm a big fan of Rick and Morty. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we can't go chronological order, so let's just go random. Huddersfield. We'll play Arsenal. Yeah. Obviously, Sunday at ten a.m. Uh,
1: Fingers last game
0: in charge. That's you gonna it. cry? Did you cry last week?
1: Teared up slightly. Oh wow! Slightly, I got a little wow. bit emotional. Someone was cutting onions. Well, it was because it was because you know, especially after the game when he was giving his speech, and you know, it was you know, a lot. Of, a lot of the memories did come back, and I was like, you know, it was good. Good. I was happy that you know, he seemed happier. He you seemed, were crying
0: from how uh, from those memories coming back of you guys losing eight two. Eight two. Oh yeah, god, yeah, yeah. no! It's it so tough it, to
1: remember. It, again. Right. It was more you know also just you know, relief. It's over, you know. It was, well, it was it's not over yet.
0: You have one more chance to uh, amend your completely beaten run of away games in the Premier League this week, or uh, this, this, right. this calendar still year. Still not won an away game in all competitions. We, we haven't mentioned it yet, but Arsenal lost their midweek game at Leicester City uh, today, 3-1. Not much to talk about. There wasn't much to talk about, but you know, I'm just mentioning it as a footnote in that arsenal are yet to win a Premier League game away from home uh, this calendar year. Fifteenth,
1: maybe even lower in the away form table now. That's that's atrocious. I think you're last. No, we're fifteenth.
0: Oh, you mean in total for the total total? Oh, okay, okay. I'm still talking about two. There's like there's like
1: teams like Bournemouth and like yeah. There's really bad teams that are above us. In that form table, do but you fancy second.
0: Arsenal? Do you fancy we're Arsenal? we tied
1: with Manchester City for home. For home, <laughs> good best for you. Home team.
0: Good for you, Javier. So you have been
1: amazing at home. we okay. Jacqueline Hyde, typical
0: Wenger. Do you, Do you think you guys will finally get that first away win, that elusive away win of two thousand eighteen? Yeah,
1: I think this will be it.
0: Yeah, I think it will be it too. Right. had Huddersfield be like still been one. fighting, I think it would have been like, a, like a, a, draw. a close game, right? A draw or something. But I am gonna go. I am gonna go. Th- 3 no 3-1 Arsenal
1: 3-1 Arsenal I'm going to say 2-1
0: Arsenal 2-1 Arsenal, okay Swansea will host Stoke City in both teams' last Premier League game of the season for another year They'll. Uh, I hope
1: they just play like
0: five strikers each and just Right, I hope they just other. go for right. it and It's just like an amazing game Tammy gets like five goals Yeah, they just give us like a little uh, hint of what's to come in the championship next year uh
1: I really botched the scores last week, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kinda go I'm gonna I'm gonna go against what
0: time? I think. Oh, you're going the opposite way. You yeah, don't gonna, trust your gut. I don't trust
1: anymore. my gut right now. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three four. Stoke win.
0: Stoke scoring four goals <laughs> away from home. Alright, people. You heard it here first and probably last. Uh I'm gonna go two two.
1: Alright. Watch just, watch that be a nil nil just like Neither team tries. Very anything, possible right? too,
0: and we could all just be like, "Good riddance, <laughs> Right. get out of here." Uh, Southampton will host Man City. Uh, Man City looking to, I want to say, I think they broke the Premier League scoring record today. They broke
1: today. Damn well, it. they have 104 goals. They, I think they, did they break the points total? I know they broke yes. the they broke they the broke points the total so. today, and they broke the amount of <sighs> wins, 31 Chelsea. Premier League wins for a season. That's insanely impressive. Chelsea, they, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea. This, this, this uh, Man City team is, uh, I believe the. Oh no! Uh, no, the only uh, unbeaten side uh, at home this year is actually Liverpool. Did you know that they're the only team that? Um, but Man City. I did know that. They've they've broken all the
0: records now. But Man City are not at home this week. They are away at Southampton. What do you think the score will be? Do you think they still care about the records? Do you think they want to extend their record? They've got uh, the record; it's theirs.
1: Yeah, they definitely want to extend
0: it. Southampton—they're probably going to go. They're—they're they're going to go on vacation. I actually think it's going to be like four nil, which I know I said that of the Huddersfield game last week. Right. But You know, Huddersfield weren't on the beach yet. They were—they were very much working so that they could get on the beach.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be something similar. I think it's going to be three nil, three nil to Man City.
0: Liverpool host Brighton. After a week's rest, two weeks removed from a Champions League final date with uh, Real Madrid in Kiev, they have this last game to contend with at Anfield. If they get a draw, they're safe. They're in the top four. It's secure for them. Chelsea could beat Tottenham, or not Tottenham. Chelsea could beat Newcastle at St. James' Park, and they would be level with Liverpool in that scenario, but Chelsea have a much worse goal difference. So, you know, that's honestly it's a sign to me that the uh, the Premier League needs to switch to head-to-head matchups in the tiebreakers and not goal difference because on that basis Chelsea would end ahead of Liverpool having secured four points against Liverpool in two games this season uh, but that's not the scenario so uh I I'm I want to believe I had slight belief going into this this week that Chelsea would beat Huddersfield and set up a a more optimistic chance of getting to the top four this week but I've got to say, it would be an absolute just... It would be a real big surprise for Liverpool to... It would be a miracle. To lose at home to Brighton. It would be a miracle. It would be a, it would be a miracle. It would be... A sign from the gods that they want Chelsea to, to be, be the, the greatest team in the world. If like, if that happened, <clears throat> Alex's delusional world. But like, it, it won't happen. So I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I mean, but if it does, we it could. It could look back. Right. We and could say, say, "Wow, wow, it's a sign from the gods." Right. <laughs> but I have, I have Liverpool kind of romping here, three-one.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I have 3 0 So I think this is gonna be. Uh... Pretty easy win for them. They, they, I think they still have another, like you said, couple weeks before the Champions League final. Two weeks. So they're not going to... They shouldn't rest anybody. They'll play their full team, I think.
0: Tottenham will host Leicester, who beat them 2-1 earlier this season. That was a very entertaining game. Neither team has much to play for. Tottenham could theoretically, if United lose their uh, Thursday game to West Ham, they could theoretically maybe challenged for second with a win and United losing their last two games of the season. But, you know, that's not going to happen. So Tottenham are pretty much locked in at sec- in third place there. Uh, what do we think the final scores of this one's going to be?
1: I think it really is just, you know, if if Harry Kane can maybe catch Salah, I think there's three goals in between them, 28 goals Harry Kane has and Mohamed Salah's 31. Salah is going to want to break that goal-scoring record. He still hasn't broken it. He's, he's tied right now.
0: So a triple captain option for uh fantasy players, perhaps, if they haven't yeah. used it already.
1: Alright, look at Salah, look at Kane, you know. Those two are gonna be competing on this last day. T- um I think there's gonna be a lot of goals. I think it'll be a four two Tottenham win.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say three one Tottenham. I'm liking three one this weekend. It's one of my it's one of my favorite results when I like a team to score a decent amount, but I don't like them to defend that well. Uh, so Chelsea will go to Newcastle. Instant Think,
1: loss. You always lose. I mean,
0: yeah, no. It's it's honestly it's one of my least favorite places to see Chelsea. play. last time Chelsea were uh, played at St James's Park was, I believe.
1: Also, Newcastle were pretty awesome the last day of the season at St James's.
0: Yeah, they they beat they New G, beat Tottenham five 0 Yeah, <laughs> this last could be time, you. But that was before they were about, they were just be, they were just relegated. They were about to go down. They wanted to really. Really enjoy their last day of their Premier so you League what lives. going to happen
1: here? Kennedy, he can't play can... he can't play. No, of course oh, not. Well, their best player, and he's out. So.
0: Yeah, he's their best player. That's the, <laughs> no. That might be true. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it, it could be a good one. I fully expect this Chelsea team to... To win, to give themselves a glimmer of hope? Well, no, I expect them to play well... In hopes that the players individually will get their chance in the FA Cup final the following week. Right. Now, I was say, are, they're are, trying to play their way into going think they're
1: going to hold back a little. is going to rest
0: anybody. Well, no, like I just said, they. I mean, he just rested players this week in midweek. It's ridiculous.
1: Why did he do that? There was. That we didn't
0: was... talk about that with Huddersfield, but yeah, he rested Eden Hazard. I mean, if you count Olivier Giroud, then he rested Giroud. But you know, he rested uh, that was a Cahill. Bad move. He rested Courtois. Yeah. Not a great move by Conte. What is this guy doing? I think he might be out. <laughs> yeah, I think he was out before. I mean, I think the only chance he really had of staying in was if, like they got, if they they snuck into top four and then won the FA Cup, I think. or Right. But I think not getting top four, which it looks like is what's going to happen, and winning the FA Cup, even if he gets that trophy... It would be the end to a nice, short little two-year career at Chelsea where he's won. against
1: Alexis, that'd
0: be fun. Yeah, we'll we'll preview that one next week. You can bet your sweet ass. Uh, But I I think this one's going to be 2-2.
1: Yeah, I think this will be a a Chelsea win, just narrowly. I've put my faith in you guys in the last few weeks, and you've repaid me. So I'm going to say 2-1 Chelsea.
0: Man United host Watford in a game that I think is going to be very high-scoring.
1: Yeah, I think he so. Said no one ever about a Mourinho game ever.
0: Well, no. Last time they played, it was four-two at uh, Vicarage Road. Jesse Lingard had a had a great had a great day. A couple yeah, counter attacking yeah. goals that at Watford on a on a. But have been a cold abysmal. Tuesday night. They have been, but you know they also have an FA Cup final coming up next week with right, a host so of players well. with a host of players all looking to secure their place in that that, that final playing team and. You know, you can bet Lukaku if he's back healthy, which I assume he will be for the final, uh, is gonna is gonna start. But how many other players other than him, Alexis Sanchez, and David De Gea can you pretty much guarantee will start? Maybe Matic, Pogba. But you know, the likes of Alexis. Well, I said I said Alexis, but I think the likes of Jesse Lingard, Juan Mata, Maron Fellaini, if he plays this game, there's a whole rotational group of players. In that Man United team, that if they get the chance starting in this uh, game on Sunday against Watford, they're gonna be they're gonna be going for it and they're gonna yeah. be giving their best effort. They're not gonna be pulling out of tackles and stuff, trying to stay healthy for the final. They're gonna be getting stuck in to all their tackles, trying to make sure that they're they show for the boss that they are a player deserving of playing in the final the following week. I'm gonna go really uh I'm gonna go really repetitive and say three one United <laughs>
1: I'll say 2 0 United. 2 0, okay. With that, I think De Gea will wrap up the uh, clean sheets. He's got 17, Ederson's got 16. If Ederson gets a clean sheet and De Gea doesn't in the next two games, then he could theoretically tie him for uh, clean sheets. I don't know how that works when they both have the same amount.
0: Assuming De Gea gets the the golden boot, it would be, not golden boot, golden sorry, glove. golden glove. It would be his first golden glove of his career. It's pretty crazy. A little surprising and indicative of the types of. Do you think this is his best season he's ever had? Yes, big... undoubtedly. Right. He's been pretty yes. phenomenal this year. Maybe, maybe the title-winning year with Van Persie. Oh yeah. But you know they weren't exactly like a like a watertight defense that year. They were scoring goals for fun with the likes of Van Persie and Rooney uh, going forward, um, and he was very much in his sort of developmental phase then. Yeah, no, I guess my question was do you think that's the best season of all time? Yeah, that's. Uh, we answered it. Uh, moving forward, Burnley will host Bournemouth in the Who Gives a Shit derby. Uh, what do you have for the score? We're
1: really uh, doing a lot of the shits and asses today.
0: Yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah. What can I say? Seems like it. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, uh,. It's almost midnight, Javier. Right. Yeah, you're tired. <laughs> Give me a break, okay? I still got to edit this thing. Uh, Burnley will host Bournemouth. Uh what what do you think the score is going to be? Oh god. You you don't this, even have the brain power fun. to to think about this one, do you? you just... maybe 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. I don't It's 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 going to be I like that. I probably would have guessed that too. Sorry, not guessed, uh predicted, my bad. Um... <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 2-1. Definitely. Nice, nice. Uh, Crystal Palace will host West Brom.
1: Ah, another one of those don't give a shit games. Don't matter at all. Sure. Crystal Palace need to pad their points total. Uh, I think. I think. Uh, I'm going to say three-one. Take Alex's scoreline.
0: All right. I, I'm going to go 3-0 I believe in Palace. Ruben Loftus-Cheek running rampant recently. I'm a but big fan. But what about Darren Moore? Yeah, he You can't convince these players to do anymore. Pun intended.
1: He might try and remain unbeaten in his his Premier League record.
0: I'm sure he will try. How
1: how crazy would that be? The The Palace is a very
0: tough place to go to, Javier. It's true. Like I said, we both learned that. Ruben Loftus Cheek (laughs) is running rampant. Uh, West Ham host Everton. That game could have been interesting. You know, David Moyes managing West Ham, hosting his old club Everton. Sam Allardyce managing Everton going to his old club, West Ham. He could have had the chance if West Ham hadn't uh, won at Leicester last week to to seal their Premier League status. He could have had the chance to knock West Ham out of the Premier League. That would have been absolutely glorious. Full of narrative. But alas, it is a meaningless uh, last game of the season for both teams. I've got three one West Ham. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with the three one wow. predictions, and I'm guessing one of them is one or two of them Everton is going to come are to fruition. In,
1: in, I think their last six or seven games. Great, great so, for them. Mark Arnautovic is playing say, very, very well. I'm gonna well. say one one and uh, keep my faith in, in Allardyce's tight ship that he's
0: running over there. For Everton fans' sake, I hope that they don't pick up whatever option it is they have for him in the following seasons. I, I hope. I hope they get rid of him. Because I kind of hope
1: they do. He. I don't enjoy watching relegation. Everton anymore. Well, you know what? That's better than them getting. You know. How do you go from spending battles?
0: like a hundred and fifty million last summer to being like, oh, okay? I hope they just don't get involved in relegation. Like, what kind of aspirations does I mean, that big show? Big Sam's you?
1: taken teams to like fifth and sixth place before. You. you
0: yeah, you back when back when he was the manager of Bolton in like two thousand five or something, right. when there were like three Nicholas or four and other good and, teams.
1: Uh, you know, UC Askelainen.
0: Yeah, Nicholas Anelka. Now you're getting me going. Yeah. I love my those Nicholas Anelka references. We, we bought him in 2008 when he was the Premier League's leading goal scorer for them. Yeah, it was, it was a nice little buy for us. Okay, yeah, I'm getting too far down the Chelsea rabbit hole. Uh, that's enough for us from this week. Uh, we're going to come back next week, preview the FA Cup final, talk a little bit about this, uh, this uh, weekend's final week of games. And uh, maybe even dip into uh, a little tournament that's going to happen this summer called uh, the World Cup if you I don't know if you've heard of it so uh, tune in next week for uh, Premier League wrap up World Cup previews and until then oh you